podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 300 and something. And I'm Trev Downey, a podcasting to you from my extremely sunny field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined this evening by Guy Drinkle, Lisa Marie Hannan, and by Carl Kopak to do what's nominally a review of the season. We'll see how that works. Uh, that is generally the plan. But let's just say hello to everybody first. Uh, Carl, long time no speak on this show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, it's it's podcast season, end of season, isn't it? If, you, if you're into this game, so uh, yeah, I've done I've done two today, one yesterday. Uh, yeah, a lot of running around. I've been in Albania, so um, I just, just I just like that sentence. Yeah, I've just been in Albania. Were you were you travelling around the country, or did you do Tirana, or what was it? I did, did, we did we did we did we don't it for three days. We did, we went to Tirana, and then we went to I think it's pronounced Dures, um on the coast. So I've been in the Adriatic this week, um, literally. I was in it, and um, yeah, in, interesting country, fantastic home shirt. I've got to say, but, uh, <laughs> amazing home shirt. Just like big, big blood, no, not even blood red, sort of black red sort of shirt with a huge double-headed eagle on the badge. Uh, yes. Man who's, who's interested in sort of, you know, iconography from that sort of era, even though they're not communist country anymore. Um, that it's, wow. It's like a my favourite World Cup in, in regards of kits is 1974, and this one would fit into the 1974 second group stage. From what I saw of your photographs, for all the uh, admirable kit designs, there was some questionable signage. Yes. Um, uh, well, well, sale is is shit at. So, <laughs> of course, I previous I, I I hit the last tee behind the, um, a, a lamppost occasionally. Uh, there is a place called Puke. So um, yeah, and, and yes, yes, I am a fifty-four-year-old man, bordering <laughs> on six. Yeah, that amazing country. Just, I mean, incredibly cheap uh, and very, very lovely people. Very, very friendly people. Recommend it. Anxious to speak English to you, or do you have to pick up some basic local lingo? Oh God, no. Uh, it, it is mostly English. Yeah, um, I've got a little bit of Italian, but that wasn't really required. You can get by. You can get by, really. It's not. It's not too bad. Basically, yeah. there's lots of sort of like, you know, just how handing out coins to, to, to shop owners and things like that and hoping that uh, they're all very honest as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Every, every now and then my girlfriend would say, um, would say oh, oh, I actually gave them a 50,000 note instead of a 5,000 and they gave me all my change back. I said, no, yeah. that's the wrong one. So, you know. 
Uh, I, I, go ahead, sir. We can't judge anyone, everyone by our standards, can we? So. Yeah, I, 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 I always feel a little bit guilty going abroad and just expecting people to converse with me in English. Um, but on the most recent trip, which was Copenhagen a couple of months ago, people actually got pissed off if you didn't speak to them in English. Uh, and especially if you ask them if they spoke English, it was quite interesting. They, they were genuinely annoyed. Uh, a couple of people genuinely put out when we asked the question, um, which, you know, I suppose uh, maybe I should have done some more cultural studying. And to be fair, the big lad did tell me that everybody spoke English, but you don't like to presume. Uh, so uh, I had a few phrases but the problem with danish was what is written down does not bear any resemblance to the sounds that those letters make so that was incredibly difficult i gave up after like uh, just the, the most very basic phrases so i was i was hoping that you were going to have some adventures in albanian uh, lingo but but um more of more of your your, your travels and on sorry your what? Me foul. I mean, sorry. Oh, there you go. I'll I'll learn that because I'm because I'm from this island, uh, not this country, and uh, and I've, I apologise for walking into people all the time and and, and you know being like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's I love that. That's the phrase you learned. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Lisa Marie, how's your week been? Um. My week, my month has been incredibly busy, but so happy to join everyone here on episode 365 of the Anfield Index podcast. Oh, is it? Is it? Crap. Yes, 365. Yes. You said oh. 300 and something. So I just wanted to make sure everyone knew for the record. That it's yeah, I yeah. intended to do something for 365. <laughs> Crap. Anyway, anyway. So. Anyway. So, yeah, no, lots of milestones in the Hanahan household since the last AIP. Um, let's see. Child number one turned 21 years of age, so he can now legally drink here in the U.S., um, child number two has officially graduated from high school um, and also earned his certified nursing assistant certification. So, and he actually has his first day on a CNA job this morning. So, um, it's kind of exciting. And child number three is out of what we call middle school, which would be kind of, I guess, early secondary school over there. Um, so she will be a freshman in high school in the fall and I'm in absolute denial over that. So yeah. Wow. And it's dance recital week. So I'm being, I'm dance mom this week. So anyway, that's a lot. Performance down two to go. It is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Yes. That's a lot. Is the, Oh, and is, I have a job. Yeah. And then I have this full-time job that I'm, you know, working. Uh, in yeah. Yeah. You, that's only, that's only by the by, but uh, the, uh, the dance recital mom scene, is that uh, as, as, you know, potentially cutthroat and bitchy as I, as I'm hoping. No, not really. Ah, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Or at least not in our studio. Our studio is is everyone's pretty chill and accommodating and nice. And and see, this is just the recital. Now competition season, which you know was going on 
um, earlier in the year. That that can be a little a little more bitchy, but um, again, not even really in our studio, um, which is one of the things I like about it is it's not, you know, it doesn't get ugly as we would say over here. I guess I was hoping it was going to be like. Uh, it's not like Dance Moms. Did you ever did you ever see the movie? And I'm aware it's animals as opposed to people, but did you ever see the movie Best in Show? I was kind of seen hoping, parts yeah, of it. I have yeah, not yeah. seen the whole thing. I've seen that all the way through. Oh, it's it, it was worth your while, Carl. I know it's, it's spinal, spinal Tap with dogs, isn't it? Pretty much. It's Spinal Tap with dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all those <laughs> all those good lads doing good lad things. Uh, and finally, Mr. Drinkle, how are you? Has the week been for you? I, I assume you've um, produced eighty nine podcasts as ever. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Not really, it's a summer, nobody can be asked, and rightfully so. Well, this is <laughs> Yeah, just not boring, but there's less to do. And it's more about managing when stuff comes out because I've got like four podcasts in the back burner, but you know, can't release them all on one day because then I'll have nothing next week. Yes, probably best to uh, stagger the, uh, the, the paltry offerings. It was, it was always going to be this way in the first week afterwards, anyway, because everybody's just, you know, like you say, pissed off, fed up. By the way, there, it it sounds like one of you is um, sort of having a, a, heavy, a heavy petting session with your microphone there. So uh, I don't know who, what what's going on there, but just uh, just I may be cleaning my laptop. Right, don't do that. Awesome. Don't do that. I'll mute, I'll mute at least. Uh, yes, please. Uh, Jesus, podcast etiquette, call back. Fucking hell. Uh, so uh, the, this is another podcast with the BBC, actually, Trev. So come on. Get in, get in line, eh? You should have cleaned it before that, then, shouldn't you? I really should have done, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. The BBC, you say, as if that is the bastion of <laughs> professionalism. <laughs> oh, dear. I have my uh, camera on and everything. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Uh, so they got they, they they may have seen a reflection of your grubby laptop. I hope not. <laughs> I was going to uh, rearrange books on the bookcase behind me and everything. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Make sure yeah. You <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Put the dead. I was wondering where my copy of Ovid has got to. Oh there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just just behind your left ear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Guy, just before we we get started, I had one more question for you as well because. Uh, off the back of our recent chat about your holiday in Mexico, I was uh, inspired by some of the things you were saying to go and do some reading about some of the various pyramids. And I saw 
went down a really interesting rabbit hole of several hours on YouTube. And I saw actually a video of uh, those effects that you were talking about with the echoes and, uh, and mm. the, 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 it's genuinely remarkable stuff. Uh, I would I would uh, heartily recommend anybody go and research same topic. Uh, so cheers for that. Basically, I wanted to say, and I do have a little video to get us going today because. As you know, I do like to lighten the mood at the start, although this podcast should be quite lighthearted because, of course, you guys being the consummate professionals have done lots of prep for this and there won't be any umming and eyeing at all or, uh, you know, uh, pausing for uh, an attempt to make something up while I ask the question in all our various awards categories. So I'm sure that's going to be the case. I'm looking forward to that being the case. And just to get us started, I'd like to play this little sequence from a stand-up gig by an Irish comedian called Jarlath Regan, who uh, does a podcast, a really popular podcast, called An Irishman Abroad, because, interestingly, he is an Irishman abroad. Uh, But here he's back home, uh, and he's talking to an Irish audience about the peculiar nature of what it means to be quite literally an Irishman abroad and the difference and contrast uh, with how you're perceived at home. So here's this little bit here. It's about a minute and a half. Guess for me, the hardest part to understand about being an Irishman abroad is the differing views of Irishmen at home versus when they go away. (laughs) Yeah, for the women in the room, if I ask you to think of Irish men. You go, fucking nightmare. Absolute right off. Over mammied. Over mammied. Wouldn't know romance if it hit them in the fucking face. Make a fucking effort. Make an effort, by and large. Some of you not on board yet. But let's face it, lads. The lads that have been away know this. That's our view here. But when we go away, He's still my beating heart. All he has to do, all he has to do is open his mouth. Oh my God, we got the knees. It's the accent. He's so soulful. He's got such a free spirit. That's the truth, guys. It's like, it's like we're supermen and our powers are useless on our home planet. I thought that was a good line at the end, uh, <laughs> which a lot of people can, I have no doubt. Uh, relate to. I want to get started into our categories show because this the idea behind this show is to have a sort of chat about the season in review with the topics and the categories being the excuse to do so without it being too serious or heavy handed. So I did send a load of topics out to you, whether or not, like I said, you've got you guys have managed to think about all of them or any of them is a different thing entirely. But let's just start. Now, you can't really do an awards show without having best and worst. So that was basically the way I tried to break this down. So in terms of categories, then, I was wondering about, and I'm just going to list them out here for listeners, and we'll try and get through as many of these as possible. Best goal, best match. You're a player of the season uh, for Liverpool. And then we may, if we get a chance, go to non-LFC. Who's your hero and villain of the season? 
And again, you don't have to stick with Liverpool if you don't wish to. What was your favourite moment of the season? Again, it doesn't have to be Red-centric, but it can be. Your worst moment and your funniest moment. They're the broad outline categories. So we're going to start with an easy enough one for everybody, I think, uh, which is favourite goal or best goal of the season. So, Carl, as somebody you probably got to witness more of them live than anyone else on the show, uh, I wonder, is yours going to be one that you actually saw? What would you go with for your goal of the season? That is Carl, who is on mute speaking. <laughs> Never had any of this with the BBC. Um, didn't go on mute for the BBC because it's, it's the BBC. Um, I, I, I do shows with the BBC now. Um, I'm going to go for Cody Gakpo's first goal against United. I think. Uh, okay, talk us through it. Just because of what, uh, in, in the context of the game, we knew that they. Um, you've got to score first in those games. Otherwise, Old Trafford happens. Um, and it's just, it's the through ball from Robertson, I think, more than anything else. And just, th- there's only one area you can put that ball. Is, and I'm sure we're, I'm sure we've scored better goals this season. I'm going through the list of games now thinking, God, I, I was at these games and I can't remember half of them. Um, I, could, I was going to go for Luis Diaz against Palace. That was a beautiful goal. First time game of the season. But I think I'd go for the Gakpo one just because it was him and I was sort of getting lightly down on him a bit, to be honest, as well at that point. And uh, and, and then he goes and does that. And it's it's just, obviously, it sets up the other six. But, uh, uh, God, I love that sentence. And, um, but yeah, I, I just I, I just thought that that's the first, that's, that's the first thing that stuck out to me, really, uh, more than anything else. Um, I like, so I like that. I want to go with that. Yeah, like that shout. It's a good one. I, I, I was, I would have been heartily am- amazed if there wasn't at least one from that particular game in everybody's choice or one, uh, at least one person's choice. Lisa Marie, what about you? A goal that you count as your favourite or best of the season? I chose Salah's goal against City with the assist from Allison because I just love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I loved it, you know, a couple of years ago when he did it against United. And, um, you know, so for him to have now done that against both Manchester teams, I think is a nice little feather in his cap for the two of them. Yeah, I love that. I love that shout. Uh, and yeah, God, remember that. Remember when the season still held potential. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was great. Yeah, I, 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 that's a super choice. Guy, what about yours? I was going to pick that one as well, but my main point was I thought that was like two seasons ago. That that's how long that goal feels ago to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I genuinely thought yeah. that was last season. <laughs> uh, but he did, he did have that knack of like destroying Cancelo's life for a couple games, didn't he? So that was probably why. Um, I'll pick another one. I'll go for Salah against United. In well, one of Salah's against United. Uh, with that one where I think it bounces off someone's back and he just twats it. Yeah. With his yeah. I, just. <laughs> nonchalantly, usually his right foot's a bit shit, but then he just goes, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> uh, just a big Peter K habit. Like, like he was annoyed with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's one of those ones you, you, you would love to actually be scoring yourself, because everyone knows that feeling of really connecting. It's, uh, I'll it's never a- connect with a ball with my left foot like that. <laughs> just keep keep going man you know what's going to happen I I, uh, I spill with my left foot Trevor if you 
do you, do you do you do that in your capacity as BBC Footballer of the Year? I I I've scored a goal this season and it was with the outside of my left foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it genuinely was only because I was so all over the place by the time the ball came to me. It was the only thing I could hit it with, and I, and was a bit stunned that it went in. Frankly, <laughs> was it uh, was it close range, Carl, or was this like a uh, twelve yards? I'd say. Oh, that'll do. That'll yeah, do. Twelve yards. Oh, oh god, yeah, yeah. Oh, it rippled. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to include that. That's my goal of the season. <laughs> I might just choose all these categories from my own league. We record this on a Friday night, and I'm normally playing, but I've got a broken foot at the moment, so I can't play. But um, so yeah, I might just do everything in the show. I might just do the equivalent of my own league. You just regale us with your tales of fear. It's better than a Liverpool lot, to be honest. I mean, honestly, we won the odd game. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favourite goal of the season uh, was only. What the hell is it now? Two weeks ago? Whenever that was. Bobby's goal in front of the cop on the 90th minute uh, just in front of me as I was lucky enough to be there uh, thanks to uh, a very uh, kind soul who supplied me with the ability to be there uh, via a ticket. And it was uh, a horrendous game in so many ways, and none of it mattered. And, you know, people were getting worried, annoyed about, oh, well, that's the Champions League lads who was gone anyway. Uh, but that was a moment. That's one of those moments that you want to be there for. And uh, it meant a lot uh, because it was the man in question and it was the game in question. Uh, and, you know, all the moments around that, the constant singing, even at the concourse at the stand uh, and, and, and the cop there at, at half time, the singing was unbelievable. But that goal meant a lot to me, especially, you know, that game was such a head fuck because everything it seemed was going against us. The referee certainly was all these horrible decisions. So to say that was celebrated would be an underestimation. So just from personal reasons, that was mine. And I'll start the next category off with player of the season. And everybody is, is, is probably going to go for the same person here. Um, I think you only really have two choices. Uh, so I'll pick the one I, I presume most of us will be picking. And I will say this, that last game of the season where Klopp will decide to put out um, a very changed lineup, I think we were going into that and Jan, was, Jan and I were chatting on the podcast and he said something along the lines of, I think we win this 4-1. And I think if we'd had this lad in goals, we would have won it 4-1 or perhaps 4-0. Uh that's how good Alison Becker is. And it's not a reflection on Cuevin Kelleher as a player, but on the day he was absolutely muck. Um, so uh, it's, it's Alison Becker for me for every reason you can imagine, but also just in that real visceral example, you can see how important he would be because there's no doubt, but he saves at least three of those four. So, conceded in the last day of the season Jesus Christ what an absolute debacle of a campaign this has been um, against relegated Southampton just got to put that in there against relegated Southampton I mean it's not quite 6-1 against Stoke but it's bad what, what, Guy I presume you're going for Ali as well are you? Hello I'm here to annoy you 
I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I mean, it is Alisson, but I'll mention the other one because, well, he is Salah. I mean, if it wasn't for those two lads, we'd be Chelsea, if not worse than Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but them two in partnership. Alisson was, Alisson was our best player from August to uh, till May. Like, that's undisputable. But Salah from probably after the World Cup, maybe a month after the World Cup and then onwards, he was the only attacker who just put numbers up. Like, Darwin had disappeared. Uh, Bobby was injured all the time. Jota forgot how to play football. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Diaz was coming back from injury. So he literally had to carry the weight of the entire attack. Like, earlier in the season, Darwin did little bits. Bobby had a run of form. But Salah had this weird season where he was playing as the assistant referee for a third of the season and was still good at it. Um, But, yeah, for how much more got pissed about tactically and weird and how bad the rest of the players were to put up those numbers. Um, I mean, that's an astonishing thing. And I think he's still underrated by people outside the football club. Um, but no, Sal- Salah was a numbers machine at times without being phenomenal, but at times he was still magic. Like we mentioned the Man City goal and there was other performances, especially later on in the season. But yeah, them two stopped us being 15th this season. Yeah, it's a great shout about the underrating um, from people outside of the club. There's no two ways about that um, because that that is a fact. And a numbers machine, when he was not playing at his peak, which is, you know, uh, just remarkable stuff. And Lisa Marie, I suppose, seeing as you picked the goal that features the two guys, it is going to be one of them for you as well, is it? Oh, of course. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this season, uh, either on this podcast or on, uh, you know, Nina's show or whatever, I said, you know, God bless Alison Becker, because, you know, I absolutely agree with everything that guy said. I mean, we'd be Chelsea or worse without him. Um, He... You know, he saved whatever was salvageable about this about this season. So, yep, it's Allison. And Carl, which of your uh, team was player of the season? <laughs> it, was you, it was you, wasn't it? It was you. I would say probably Nick, because he came in and scored two on his debut. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Nick for that. Um, player of the year, um, Calvin Ramsey's 90 minutes against Derby County. Um, do you remember him? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Halcyon <Halcyon-Dis. laughs> I've, I've got his stats up. 
90 minutes against Derby, three against Napoli. That's your lot. Um, you should have said R2. No, that was an Oh, the, the way he shook Guardiola's hand like that. Lovely. Oh, um, oh no. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm gonna go. Um, as Alison Becker because he saved. He, he scored more points than Liverpool ever could this season. Such a poor season, and just because he's he's just outstanding, and everyone's levels dropped this season, but his went up slightly, if anything at all. Um, I know he had a bit of a nightmare at, at home against Madrid, but um, yeah, and I, I've remembered another goal by the way. Jot was against Leeds. Yeah, second one. We just sort of just turns on the outside of the box and just batters it into the far corner. Beautiful. That was a nice goal. Yeah. yeah. And it was against Leeds. Yes, but Leeds will feature later on. Uh, just so oh, they, oh, they really will. <laughs> they really will feature later yeah, I'm, on. I'm going to Arsenal, obviously, just because um, he's, he's rivaling Clem. I really, do you think, is he with, like that with you, Trev? Is he rivaling Clem? Uh, uh, if I'll be honest, because I didn't see enough of Clements to be able to have dibs on him. Bruce Grobler is really my formative years goalie, even though obviously I was sort of aware and watching while Clements was still there. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't see enough of him like on a, on a weekly basis or whatever. Uh, I've better seen- than Minionaire, I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, well, there you go. For your your one your one is is an easy choice, guy. But like, I I I I obviously schooled in the in the Clemens era with endless replays of VHS uh, uh, tapes over the years, and I I don't think there's any doubt about it. Carl, for me, he's just like the best we've had. I think he's the best goalkeeper in our history. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the best we've had. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's. <laughs> Magnificent League Cup. Uh, Bogdan. We have one last category for the Reds, and I don't know if it's absolutely pointless, really, uh, because I'm just wondering, is everybody going to say the same thing? And that was your favourite match of the season. And we've already had a few dips into this particular pot already. Is it Guy the 7-0 against the Manx, or is it a different game for you? No, it's that one, because that's the only one I will remember from this season. Everything else is a fucking nightmare, and I want to never think about them again. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's actually a very concise way of putting it. It is a memorable thing. As the years go by, it will still be there as a thing to talk about. Uh, what about you, Lisa Marie, match of the season for you? You know, I couldn't really pick one. I mean, while I enjoyed all the content and everything that came out of, you know, the the 7-0 against United, I didn't watch that live. So I already knew and and everything else. I was driving back from a dance competition. So, I mean, I, I feel I feel like for me to pick to pick my favorite match, it has to be one that I actually kind of sat down and watched in the moment. And so I really didn't have one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's fair because your choice then is a a very diminishing. uh, I mean, I do catch a lot of them or, you know, I probably, you know, caught more than I didn't, but unfortunately not a lot of them were memorable. So um, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's just something about, in the moment joy that I know all of you had and so many did you know and that United game that 
that again, I took great glee in having, you know, Mary Kristen was checking the scores. We're driving back from, you know, Indianapolis. And, you know, it's like every time she checked it, it had gone, you know, and it ticked up at least one or two more. So it was, I mean, that was fun, but, you know, I wasn't watching it happen. So. Well, I am going to upend the apple cart a bit here. And again, I'm not really sure what I think of myself for this answer, because there was a time I, w- I just dismiss it as a, a glorified friendly, which is basically what it is. This is what but I think it was yeah, the happy, it's the happiest I was this season, Carl, was yeah. <laughs> we when we beat City to win the Charity Shield or what Community Shield, whatever the hell it's called now. And Darwin Nunes is scoring and everything looked hopeful as fuck. And uh, everything was just exciting and, and there was potential. And then it all went to shit. But at that moment, uh, I was the happiest I was. Literally in a week. Yeah. A week between that and Fulham. And the week with uh, uh, Fabinho went from footballer to cement model. Um, yeah, I, I was at I was at the game uh, and um, it was just a glorious day out because we really were going like you no know, toe to toe with 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 the, the league champions and and you know to beat them uh, convincingly as well. We were really really. Was it the King Power? Am I imagining that? Yeah, it was yeah yeah, it was yeah. The second row yeah. yeah. So I went to King Power twice this season. Oh, once lucky. it was adequate, and I'm never going there again. Woohoo! Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was there was just a general sense of, of, of optimism for everyone thinking, you know, that that was a, a straight out slugging match, and we came on top, came out on top as we did in the semi at Wembley the year before, and um, we actually beat them twice last season. But when they beat us, they really beat us this season. Um, so yeah, that, that that was it is United seven 0 for me, but that, that could, the Community Shield was just sort of, um, I mean, you, if you look in the dictionary, the word false dawn, there's a picture of Darwin Nunes with his shirt out running towards the corner flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what could have been, uh, and simply was not. Uh, but now we get into slightly less serious categories, and one of the things I'd ask you to think about was what was your, there was hero and villain. We'll get back to those, and then there was your funniest moment of the season as well. Now I'm going to get this one going because let's face it, the laughs were in short supply, and the best laughs were of the schadenfreude variety for me. And so the funniest thing that happened this season for me was watching Sam Allardyce get uh, helicoptered in to save the day and then not save the day at all. Especially on the back of all his chat about how he was better than Klopp and Guardiola and how they had learned from him. I just thought, this is magnificent. It doesn't get much better than that in terms of chuckles for me. So that was my funniest moment of the season, which says a lot about how lacking in humour the season was for me. I I'd spent a lot of the year dreading the fact that the season was still lurching forward because it was it felt kind of hopeless at times and there wasn't much crack to be had. Uh, so, yeah, like I say, you take it where you can get it and in the glorious uh, hubris of Sam Allardyce and his almost spectacularly immediate downfall, uh, I found at least a little bit of fun. Uh, what about you, Carl? Anything stand out for you? Funny moment of the season? 
I was just looking at Allardyce came in for four games, lost three and drew one. He actually drew against Newcastle, which helped us a bit. Um, and they were winning that game 1-0 and missed the penalty. And if that goes 2-0, I think Liverpool might be in the Champions League. Um, I think Everton might be relegated. Um, so, um, so I'm thinking of Catherine ahead on. I should really put Patrick Bamford in there. Um, but the funny thing about the season was obviously the Everton, Everton nearly going down. Enjoyed that. Um, I'm a bit sad about Southampton because I've got, I've got no, no cross to bear with those. But uh, if you would have said to me you can lose two of these three and it leads Leicester and Everton involved, obviously Everton Everton always be the dream. But um, very very happy that Leeds and Leicester have gone down because your fans are awful. I, I want to ask you about this just really quickly as a guy who's got shares in it being from the place. Uh, I I was pissed myself walking through the city on. Friday night, uh, Saturday evening, and Sunday, at the amount of raw bitterness that there was between Everton fans and people who were adorned in Liverpool regalia of any sort. I I had never seen it like that before. I'd never seen it quite as visceral. It was like, it was raw. It was just fucking raw, Carl. Uh, Like, you know, just fellas shouting stuff onto buses and off buses and yeah. uh, this kind of stuff like it, it's just bubbling under the surface there the whole time the, the the antipathy and now I'm also aware that an awful lot of people who I know from the city have family who are blues and stuff like that so here's yeah. a simple question for you is would you actually have genuinely liked to see Everton go there yes you would yeah yeah okay yes. No okay, because there's a lot of people saying, "Oh well, you know the derby and the, their neighbours." It's got That's the what the games are for. I don't buy that argument at all. No, I don't. You play I don't. the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because it was an awful lot of people seem to be hedging their bets and saying, "Oh, well, I suppose it's not so bad." But anyway, yeah, that's exactly where I would have been as well. And it was uh, yet another disappointment uh, as the season lurched to an end. What about you, Lisa Marie? Any uh, fun for you? Anything give you a giggle over the season? I would say probably the most recent was Richarlson thinking he'd won the match for Tottenham and then Shada turning (laughs) around and scoring a minute later. That was fantastic yeah that 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 is a moment right there that is fantastic even down to him doing his stupid chicken dance yes uh, I mean, yeah 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 there's there there were there was a lot of hashtag joy to take out of that so yeah yes. that, that would have to be that's the one that popped into my head so that's a belter i love that and what about you guy to finish off the this particular award just frank lombard <laughs> oh man did an hour on that part. Uh, I mean the, the Everton thing was funny because I say he kept them up last season they kind of just well that lad who tied himself to the goalpost kept them up um, yeah. more so than Frank Lampard um, <laughs> yeah. but this the fact that Chelsea like I know the Potter thing wasn't working but to spend tens of millions of pounds to get Potter out of Brighton then sack him after buying 200 million players, then sack him and bring in a PE teacher in the form of Frank Lampard. Then he, he gen, if he genuinely had a bit longer time, he could have got Chelsea relegated this season. Yeah. That, 
like if it wasn't for Chelsea, I'm genuinely may have like hung myself at some point in the season because they're the only thing that give me joy football wise this season. So Frank Lampard, you're a big lifesaver, I'd say that. <laughs> there, there was a time when any of us could have managed Chelsea and had the same points total. <laughs> That's yeah, genuinely, impressive. I reckon we could have done a better job, and we would have actively wanted them to lose. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Did did he he had one win was it did he have one win Yeah he did they beat Bournemouth I think Yeah Yeah. but all the all the rest was majority losses and 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 a couple of draws But if he lost that Bournemouth game I think he was like two games away from the longest top like losing streak Yeah something like that Yeah Oh right was that that was was that Mick McCarthy's derby years ago No because he he was the sun he was when Sunderland were bad. Who was the, who's the, is Paul Jewell was the Derby manager, wasn't he? Did, but did, did McCarthy not have a go at Derby as well? I don't think so. I think he was he was the Sunderland one. And he, he was Sunderland, and Sunderland were awful under him. And I think yeah. they might have had, was it the lowest points total? Maybe that's what it was. I think Sunderland had it, and then Derby overtook it. Oh, that's I remember right. Yeah, that's right. It was, was the Derby manager Billy... What's his name? Billy McNeil. I think so. He used to be Nottingham like yeah. Forest man- manager or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking now. They Chelsea got to get a draw on the last game of the season. They drew two two with Forest, uh, and then there's an awful lot of L's next to the uh, lost to Brentford, lost to Real Madrid, lost to Brighton, lost to Real Madrid, lost to Wolves, drew with Liverpool. Cheers, lads. Uh, lost to Villa. He is the worst manager I've ever. Like, you obviously get the random lads who take a job for like a week or so. Yeah. As someone who actually actively hired someone, he is the worst manager I've seen in my life. But but for me in that as well, it's also the fact that they'd already sacked him. At what point did you go, remember when you sacked me and caused me lots of mayhem and disruption with my life? Yeah. Mm. Why would you go back? And then he starts going, yeah, but it's my club. So they, so he's pissed off all the Evertonians. He's just ballsed up there as well. Yeah, but this is my club, not your your club. And he, and he goes back. It's just absolutely insane. Free money, I suppose. It's, it's not as if he needs money. Though. <laughs> it's well, been like £10 a week for the last 20 years. That's true. I was just checking the 
Billy McNeil I knew was wrong because that's the the Scottish that's dude the from, one, isn't from, it? Yeah. from years back. But but it was Billy. He is Scottish. It's Billy Davies. You were so you were you were, you, you were in the that's in the ballpark. That's meant, yeah. uh, so that's our funniest moment of the season now here's the last two I'm not sure if I even really want to do heroes and villains uh, well I want to do villains that's what I want to do I think maybe we might finish with that so in terms of someone who you just it's not the same as a Frank Lampard situation here because that was funny so a proper villain someone who just really pissed you off and I think that we know already where Carl's going with this so I'm going to let Carl start in a second because I think you may have tipped your hand a bit earlier on uh, but villain of the season uh, so just keep that in mind uh, listeners as we go around and this is our final category for the show so Carl Kopak, if you had to pick someone who would you pick? I was going to go for um, Decore um, for obvious reasons. I was going to go for Patrick Bramford because that one actually did, did impinge on us as well. Although it's our own bloody fault we finished where we, we did. We didn't serve Champions League. Simple as that. Um, I'm actually going to go for the lovely Anthony Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, and much maligned. Much maligned, yeah. And, and even then, that the, he's got several of his mates um, who could... Uh, I think I will go for Anthony Taylor because I think he may be the worst referee I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and I watched Phil Dowd um, <laughs> that's Anthony can, Taylor who just got a European Cup final yesterday by the way and have you seen the footage of Mourinho like uh, standing yeah. outside the bus roaring in his face fantastic and, it's obviously and, and Jürgen Klopp well Henry Inter said today said oh this is a disgrace blah blah there should be respect about this and I think my only my only disappointment with that is that he wasn't armed at the same time I absolutely loathe Anthony Taylor he's, an, he's, a, he's a shit house of a referee he really is uh, they're all bad. Olsen's bad. Yeah, like you say, there's there's hefty, hefty competition there. But I think that's a great shout because... I was going to say straight away, well, I'm not giving you anything today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's an uncontroversial shout, I think, for sure. Lisa Marie, villain of the season for you? I had just gone with the referees in general. I mean, you know, ah, they've all been crap. Yeah, PGMOL was me. PGMOL <laughs> was going to be mine for sure. Uh, that's yep. the whole organisation, uh, and it's and it's uh, uh, little missives that it sends out, and it's uh, way of, Yeah, yeah, it's a way of 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 of, of uh, running itself. Everything to do with the whole thing feels craven and corrupt. So I. Yeah, I lean in and double down on, on, on what you're saying there. Basically, for me, it's that whole PGMOL setup. Yep. And the attendant bollocks that goes with VAR continues to, to hurt my brain uh, and deny me joy. So I, I'm aware that goal line technology is a great thing and it's definitive. Uh, and I'd like to be aware that offside technology is a great thing, it's definitive, but I don't have any faith in that because we start to wonder about the subjectivity of it uh, with due cause uh, and interpretation of it with due cause as well. Uh, so for everything other than goal line technology, I, I wish it would just fuck off, I'll be honest, uh, because it does sap the joy out of goals. So that as well is an ongoing one, but that's been there for a while now at this stage. So we just have to like it alone. But a guy to finish off then with you, you're a villain of the season. Yeah. Just to, to add on that, it's just VAR. VAR for me is just, it just showed how shit refs really are. Like 
Yeah. It was all it was like ignorance was bliss when we knew there was shit, but there was no alternative. Now there's like lads, you you, you just gotta watch your screen. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll hear this part. Anyway. Um my villain and to just be negative, I'll go with Jurgen Klopp. I it just felt like he wasn't the same bloke this season, like the last summer. Not to bang on about transfers, but the fucking Bellingham, Chumeni situation, being stubborn seemingly with everyone, um, about only wanting one player that could improve our team. Um, then went on a fan podcast saying, what midfielder do you want? One that can run, lad. Um one that can but, turn round, thanks. Yeah, one that can run forward, one that can run back, and one that can, well, be, basically be Tiago but have working limbs um, would be nice. Uh, but, yeah, I'll go with Klopp. I think it's just weird. Like, from the summer, that stubbornness, and then weird tactical choices. I mentioned more being an assistant referee for a quarter, a third of the season or whatever. Um, the midfield, like... Did he really have to wait till March to give Curtis Jones a crack? I know he was injured for a bit, but just rolling out the same three lads all season long in that position, and then Elliot, uh, Elliot Henderson and Thiago kind of in front of Fabinho, and the defence. I mean, we all knew Trent was having a shit season until we moved him. Put someone else okay. there. Right? Put someone like. You are Jurgen Klopp. Uh, if I can say the bloody word, name. You are Jurgen Klopp, not Klopp. No, it's not. It's um, Klopp. Yes. Um, assert some dominant. Put the fear of God into them. You are unsackable. Well, at the minute, you are unsackable as Liverpool manager. If you want to piss off Trent Alexander-Arnold, piss him off. And it's just, yeah, Jurgen Klopp for me, because this season was, by the last 10 games, was fucking awful. You know, until 10 minutes before the show, that was going to be my answer too. And I think it's comparatively uncontroversial. I don't think there's any arguing with anything you've said there, unless you're a loyalist of the highest order who just doesn't want to talk about anything negative at all. Uh, I think there's a fair argument to be made there. And, and, you know, it extends even further into sort of slightly less tangible things than the ones you mentioned, which are, like I say, inarguable too. Just, I don't know, there's something about the, the, the demeanour, the way he was... Uh, talking to and about the situations that we were in just felt a little bit off. So, yeah, I, I, again, I think that's a very, very, very uh, reasonable shout in the context of the season that's gone by. And so that brings us to the end because we don't want to go on too long here and I want to wrap it up. But uh, before we do, I want to give everyone a chance to sign off with anything that they might want to plug or refer to and all the rest of it. So, Lisa Marie, we'll start with you. Any final thoughts for yourself? No, not really. Um, sorry, I'm not very insightful today. Yeah, no, uh, you know, just don't get too sucked into the transfer cesspool would be my advice. Because um, it's just starting and we got a long way to go, people. So <laughs> just um, I know some like to wander down that rabbit hole pretty far. Um, and my thought is just, you know, for your own mental sanity, don't go too far. I think that's wise advice, but I can also uh, hear it going in one ear. Uh, that's my left ear and out the other because <laughs> I think I will probably get hooked in. But anyway, I think it's, it is a good advice, a good note to end on. Guy, what about yourself, man? Any final thoughts or anything you want to plug or mention before we wrap up? No, I do the opposite. Get Romano's tweets on alert. Paul Joyce. Well, Paul Joyce is always on alert. 
<laughs> Never take off Paul Joyce. You get that odd Everton retweet, but the rest of it is just transfer bangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, just to kind of serious that I I'm kind of looking well looking forward to the summer for two reasons. What? Because stop watching us play. Uh, and two, even like the early links, and I know half the well, no, ninety percent of the links are sh- bullshit. But I'm interested to see what we do this summer because. Most of the summers, apart from the one where we got Allison and everyone else, we kind of knew what the crack was beforehand. Like, we knew we bought Canate three months before the summer. Um, and I can't remember anyone else we bought in that time period. So this summer's kind of exciting in the fact that we don't know. But we kind of expect a lot. But hopefully we get a lot for once. Yeah, and that's exactly it. That's what it's all contingent on is actually the the reality of that panning out. And we have a, a lot of nice uh, new footballers, shiny things to uh, look at and admire. And hopefully that will be the case. Uh, and Carl, what about yourself? Uh, penultimate word to you in terms of sign off. Anything you want to mention or final thoughts or plug or anything like that? Uh, my show podcast is uh, is still up and running. We're going to be doing Black Peter soon, which is one of my favourite stories. Um, I would say that it's joyous not knowing who Liverpool's next opponents are. I'm really enjoying this time. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. And, and also, if you're getting excited about transfers, and some people are really, really into transfers and some people aren't, um, it does mean a thing uh, because you don't know how they're going to bed in. Uh, and that and that's the that's the thing more than anything else. Um, you can get the biggest player in the world, but if they're next to the wrong chippy or something like that, and it goes wrong, these things happen. Whereas every now and then you just get one that just hits the ground running. And um, so yeah, so don't, don't. It's just it's just lads moving jobs ultimately, and you don't know anything until about October. So don't save your energy. Oh, there's the joy going out of that completely. <laughs> uh, I'll bring it back. I'm all I'm all for only signing French lads this summer as well. I'm back on. I'm, yeah, I want, I want, I'd like to run. I like him. I can see what he's going to do. We uh, we will we will be talking about transfers one way or the other as the show goes on. Uh, <laughs> but but by the same token, I do get the wisdom behind what uh, both Carl and Lisa Marie are saying. We'll see if it takes. Uh, Speaking as a lad who, uh, as of the last few months now, hosts a transfer podcast called The Transfer Podcast, I uh, <laughs> I can't really talk too much. Is this about... a follow-up to the football show? It is a football show, I'm afraid, yes. As Are you host... really sure talking about football? It, it, yeah, in talking about football, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that. that's, that's the next one. A man talking... talking about football and that. And that, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the same vein as Young Copac, I'm going to do a personal plug as well because I've been off for a two month hiatus with the great stories uh, because life. And if you are a fan of that show, uh, that'll be coming back with a bang uh, because now I have time uh, to cope with life uh, for the next little while. So there will be lots of that coming back. And like I say, do keep your ears uh, stuck with us uh, here on this particular channel and with all the various shows especially our own over the course of the summer we will endeavour to make this show entertaining and not in any way the usual uh, 
people talking about football on that type podcast. In other words, we'll try and keep it the way you like it, which is us talking nonsense with a vague Liverpool bent to it. Uh, but I've been Trev Downey. You heard Guy Drinkle. You heard Lisa Marie Hanahan and Carl Kopak. This is the Anfield Index podcast, episode 365. And 366 will be with you very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.